Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. From Disaster Recovery Journal and Asphalus Advisors. Now, here's your host, Vanessa Vaughn Matthews. Today we're going to be talking about crisis leadership as I have personally worked with a number of organizations in preparation for and response to COVID-19 from small businesses to medium businesses, large companies, as well as government agencies. And the concept and conversation of crisis leadership keeps coming up. So what all of you dealt with? Well, for us, um, we started working on this in January from companies that had cases of COVID-19 at their facilities to organizations that had to lay off 75, 80% of their workforce, loved ones and family members who were sick, um, not COVID-19 related, but as a result of COVID-19, we were not able to go into to the hospitals to, to see our family. Um, we have members on, on our team who also work in higher education and they had to take over 150 students to online courses and that infrastructure wasn't created before COVID-19. So, it's just been a lot, both personally and professionally, that we've been working with. What about you, John? Our conference was supposed to happen in, in March, and all the travel bans hit like five days before our conference was supposed to start. You know, it was one of those situations. It's like we had to cancel the conference for the first time in 30, well, first time ever, but after 30 years. And, you know, someone in, the, in one of the comments that uh, Bob Arnold had made, we used the word gut-wrenching a gut-wrenching decision. And somebody said, how was this a gut-wrenching decision? It said, I was like, well, you either do the right thing yeah. or maybe you go out of business. So that's gut-wrenching. It's, it's, a, it's a rough situation for small businesses and uh, big businesses. But I did have a situation where about a week ago, I got sick and I had a dry cough and a mm -hmm. fever and all of those things. It scared me to death. The next day I was uh, better, and then now I'm fine. More than likely I had allergies, so <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's a, but it's a scary situation, it really is. So today we're going to talk about crisis leadership, and the reason why is I've observed leaders, and I've been proud and excited to see how some organizations and their leadership have responded to COVID-19. And on the other hand, I've been disappointed and quite frankly, embarrassed to see some of the ways that people are treating people and how decision makers have reacted and responded. And so for me, what I appreciated about the good leaders is they operate from a place of abundance. And I like that mentality because you don't have a place of lack. They also bring calm to chaos. And I think that's really important especially in times like this where it's scary and it's taking lives and you know we're facing a threat that we can't physically see with our own eyes. I appreciate those leaders that can help bring calm and peace and steady and they're consistent in their approach. And the other ones that I've really enjoyed watching are those executives who understand that, guess what, I'm gonna have to take a pay cut and not pay myself in order for my people and my team to be able to survive. You know, we're of the model that how you treat people now in this COVID-19 pandemic will lend to how loyal your team will be to you once this is over. 
Over the past few weeks, we've done a lot of presentations and discussions, and there are four principles of crisis leadership that I believe every leader should have. The first one is trust. In everything we do, our primary goal within my organization is to build a relationship and establish trust. And I think that one way that you do that in a crisis is to sacrifice. As a leader, you have to be willing to give up in order to get up, right? I think in some instances, we see leaders do that extremely well, where they're willing to give up what they have to in order to keep the long-term viability of the company. And in other instances, they have not, right? Um, but sacrifice is absolutely critical. I also think that you, you can't ask somebody else to do the job that you're not willing to do. So as an entrepreneur, small business owner, whatever your organization is, or if you're in a large enterprise, I think it's important to be the chief take the trash out, to be chief marketing, to be chief sales, and to be the chief practitioner in your organization and not get to a place where we're above doing whatever the job is that's needed to be done. The second thing that I think is a critical element of leadership and crisis leadership is communication. Communication is absolutely critical. And especially in times of crisis, one of the aspects of communication is listening. It's one thing to talk and to communicate, but it's something else to be quiet and just listen. Listen to your team. And more importantly, especially in this day and age, to solicit your team for the information and the feedback. One of the members of our team, she was going through things both personally and, and professionally. And so we've increased the amount of communication that we're having. We're doing more meetings, but having them during less intervals of time. So instead of having two two-hour meetings, we're having two 20-minute calls. And through soliciting feedback from my team, I learned some personal challenges that some members were having. And it helped us to have a discussion and also for us to reallocate work to reduce the stress that was on my team. But had I not paused and just shut up and listen, I would not have ever known some of the things that they were going through. And I think that's so critical for people to take into account. The third one is influence. I think it's absolutely critical that leaders understand influence. And influence for me is having the competence, the character, and the connection, right? So competence. Are you competent enough to lead the organization, to lead whatever team, whether it's at a local level, a county level, a state level, a national level, or a global level? Do you have the competence to be able to do that? Number one, do you have the character? What is your character? And number three, do you have the ability to connect? Can you connect with your audience? Can you connect with the people that you are here to serve and that you are leading? One thing that I really appreciate about crisis leadership is that it's not about your title. Title gives you authority, but the title does not give you the influence. I've seen that come up a lot in the past 30 60, 90, 120 days where I'm CEO this or CFO this or general counsel that. And that's irrelevant because you have the authority, but the authority does not give you the influence over people. And people look for character, competence, and connection. The fourth attribute of a crisis leadership that I think is really, really important is hope. And especially in times of crisis, hope is having the ability to see what it can be which means that your current day scenario probably looks nothing like what it can be. 
but how do you as a leader provide the hope and provide people with the notion that we'll get back to a normal whenever that comes. I don't know when it is, but we'll get there. We had a business owner that asked me a question throughout a virtual learning a few weeks ago. And he said, how do I not tell people that it's really bad as it really is? And I said, well, I think you just tell them that it's really bad. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think people appreciate honesty. Hey, it's bad. Yeah. I don't know. I'm scared too. But yeah. here's what we're going to do. And here's the approach. So John, you know, what, what types of uh, crisis leadership principles have, have you seen or, you know, what have you thought about for the past couple of weeks? Like you, I've seen a lot of good and a lot of bad. For some reason, it's, it's so much easier to focus on the bad. We should have done this. We should have been, you know, wonderful people. But, you know, not everyone's like that. And uh, it's difficult whenever you're in a situation where, you know, I mean, I got an email from someone just a few minutes ago saying, hey, it's been nice working with you, but I've been let go. Mm. And, you know, those situations, you know, there's a whole lot of people hurting in a whole lot of different ways. It's going to take some time to get over all of this. But yeah, like you said, keeping a positive attitude and, and the communication is always the, the answer to everything. Yep. I was listening to some calls from business owners in Italy and the Czech Republic and China. And consistently what they said was what got them through was positivity. And if there were people who were depositing negativity into them, they had to pull themselves away from those relationships because it was so toxic and they had to keep a clear positive mind frame in, in order to get through this crisis. And so I encourage you guys to do that. So when people ask, you know, well, what's the difference between leadership and crisis leadership? My definition is number one, crisis leadership is the last two minutes of the fourth quarter on every decision. So I'm a former athlete. The first three quarters of the basketball game, you, you do what you have to do. You're tied neck and neck. You get to the fourth quarter, two minutes left. You're tied. Every pass you make, every dribble, every turnover, every communication from the coach to the point guard to the power forward will impact how that, that score is determined. But it's the pressure, right? Like that to me is what the difference is between leadership and, and crisis leadership. It's pressure. It's having the world on your shoulders, the company. Do we close? Do we not close? How many people? How long can you keep people? How do you communicate? What do you communicate? It's the pressure of all those decisions. And especially in a day and age where we live in a canceled culture environment. If you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, you're canceled, <laughs> right? Yeah. Social media and everybody has nothing that they want to do with you. And I don't think that's always appropriate, but that's the environment that we live in. And so what I think that you should watch out for are this notion that new leaders will emerge as a result of this crisis, right? So we're seeing decision makers who are not leaders. They make decisions very well and they have authority, but they are not leaders. And so as a result of that, people look for leaders in times of crisis. So we're going to see some emerge and we're gonna see some transition off. That's naturally going to happen. So what I would like for you to do, how do you know if you're a crisis leader? So we talked about trust, communication, influence, and hope. Weigh yourself 
on a scale of one to five, with five being the greatest and with one being the least. Weigh yourself on how effective you think you are as a crisis leader. And if you see that you may have some, some areas of improvement, that's okay. We all do. Jot those down, write those down. Also ask, ask your team, ask those who you lead, ask those who you work with, right? What examples do they have where you have shown them trust, where you have communicated, where you have had the right influence with the right people, and where you have brought hope? And you know what? If you're asking those, those types of questions, you probably are a crisis leader. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's the people who won't ask <laughs> that are probably <Yeah>. not. <laughs> so on DRJ's website, we actually did a on-demand workshop called Crisis uh, Leadership. So please feel free to go to DRJ on demand. And you can also find that. John, you want to share, share where they can find it? That's the Friday Town Halls. We've been sharing it on Twitter. I just posted one just a few minutes ago and throughout the week. But there's, um, I think there's two more left for the month of whatever this is, April. <laughs> That's the bad thing is I don't know what day anything is. <laughs> You know, there's, there's, and that's the other thing we were talking about a while ago in our staff meetings so that there's so many people that have been coming to us for information. It's just getting it out there. It's just getting it to everyone. The next edition of the magazine is going to be packed full of, of articles dealing with the pandemic and different steps afterwards because we didn't want to just have the same thing. I mean, you know, we're well past the wash your hands stage. That was months ago. You've you know? been saying uh, hand sanitizer yep. and washing your hands is not the strategy for COVID-19. Sorry. No. Weren't we all so naive back then? Just six weeks ago. But yeah, I, I, I agree with your analogy. And it's one of those things. It's like, are you going to be the kind of uh, leader who screams and hollers at your players? Or are you going to be the kind of uh, team member that fouls out? Are you going to be the type of leader that grabs the ball and brings in a rebound and passes to your teammates and, and works around until somebody is open? And then that person scores. And it doesn't matter if it's you or if it's someone else. Yep. I love it. And I love tying in the world of sports. So there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with Disaster Recovery Journal and Aspalis Advisors. Subscribe, share, and download and look out for future episodes. Business Resilience Decoded is produced and edited by John Seals. For more information, visit drj.com slash decoded and asfalisadvisors.com slash decoded. Write to us on Twitter at BRDecoded.